0: Hello and welcome to Upstream with Jim and John, father and son conversations about discipleship and culture in the Pacific Northwest. I'm John. And I'm Jim. And today we're going to talk about um, whether...
1: Let's get this right, John. I want to. Sure. I want to get this right. Whether <laughs> yeah. you can do whether you have a responsibility to control your behavior on the behalf of other people whose faith might be weak. Is that a way to phrase that?
0: Yeah. The faith that the end part there is inflammatory, but the uh, inflammatory inflammatory, but the idea that yes, you may be allowed to go to bars, but should you restrain yourself on behalf of people who find that offensive?
1: Yeah. This is a really important conversation. You might remember from a previous episode, Mm -hmm. if you are one of those who heard them all, one of the OGs,
0: what is that? Original gangsters. <laughs> That's, uh, it's a term. One of the, one to, the faithful. Okay. One of the old gods. Okay. Okay. <laughs> uh,
1: anyway, <laughs> if you're one of the OGs, yeah. you might recall <laughs> that we had an episode called Should a Christian Watch Game of Thrones? Mm-hmm. That conversation was more about uh, guarding the things you do for the sake of nurturing your own heart and keeping your own soul in a good state of health. Yeah. This question is more of public behavior. And what kinds of public behaviors should a Christian avoid or feel the liberty to participate in uh, based on how that's perceived and received by others?
0: Yeah, that's great. Is that where we're going? Yeah. And if you want to boil it down, this is, you know, am I allowed to to am I allowed to drink in public? Am I allowed to go to unsavory places? Not allowed to, but should I?
1: Unsavory places.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's inflammatory. That is inflammatory. <laughs> <laughs> first, it is story time, <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it is your turn to tell a story. It is my turn, and I'm still. I still don't have a joke. I'm saving. I'm saving them up. Okay, and they're going to be good. But uh, today is a story yeah. from uh, probably one of the the stories I have from my from my youngest time. Like if I can remember my as young as I can, this is the first story that I can think of. I have other memories, but they're not stories. They're just you yeah. know they're just moments. Yeah. So,
1: this one do you remember being born? No, do you well, no, but Sue has a cousin who said <laughs> he remembers being born. That's the reaction everybody gave him, and uh he has since quit saying it, but okay. uh, for a while, he argued that he remembered the birth
0: experience that poor man
1: <laughs> <laughs> it sounds awful. It does sound
0: awful. Well, this one is not when I was born. I was okay. probably, mom thinks I was six. But six I was years old. Between four and six. You were uh, six. I, well, I, I was, trust her memory. This was a memorable event for all of us. Okay. I was six years old. Yeah. And uh, I had these buddies who I can't remember anything else about them. Um, But we uh, were hanging out, and it's Montana in the winter. Deer and Lodge, Montana. Deer Lodge, Montana in the winter. And Population
1: 3,500. The speed limit is 20 miles an hour in the entire city. Oh,
0: no. You I can, thought they didn't have speed limits, I thought. Well, Montana,
1: Montana um, just before we moved there, adopted speed limits. Gotcha. And Those were highway speed limits. Their speed limit used to be reasonable and prudent. That's what the sign said. <laughs> and they realized that people were neither, so they yeah. needed a number. And people have many <laughs> different, different definitions of reasonable and prudent. That's right. So, But in town in Deer Lodge, from city limit to city limit, It was twenty miles an hour on every street. That sounds infuriating. It really took a lot to get used to. (laughs)
0: Imagine. Well, we—I walked everywhere. You did. Six years old, Mm -hmm. Uh, and this was—I know I'm not that old, but it seems like a different time. Seems like parents nowadays don't parent their children. This would never happen today, right? If I had a six-year-old
1: in almost any town,
0: to cut the suspense, uh, (laughs) there's this river, and it was completely frozen over. And, uh, so we, me and my buddy see this and we're like, let's just walk down this river. It goes on for as long as our six year old eyes can see. Do you remember the and name so, of the river? I have no idea. It's the Clark river, the Clark river, Off, yeah. off Lewis and Clark, uh, everything in Montana is named after Lewis and Clark. <laughs> 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 so yeah, <laughs> probably. Uh, and, uh, so we're walking along the only thing, memorable thing I, I have about that was we saw a beehive from a tree in one Ooh. of the it was hanging down, uh, over the, over the river. And uh, I don't remember us throwing rocks at it or anything. Because, oh. But anyway, so we keep going. And uh, again, you know, it's a six-year-old, six-year-old's memory. It's, a, oh. it's an 18-year-old memory. Uh, and so I don't know. It's, I, don't, I, don't, I haven't memorized a ton of it. But we eventually leave the river because we're in town. The river goes into town. And right. finally we're like, oh, hey, we know this. And so we go into town, and we're walking around, and uh, and we're, we're, we're pretty turned around. And so the, the other kids are like, I think the way home is this way. And I'm like, no way it's this way. I can see uh, the, my memories of the school that, it, that we went to mm-hmm. and I was like, you oh, know, there's the school and the houses is that way. And so we split up the Scooby-Doo style. You know, we, yeah, because yeah. you don't
1: agree. And instead of compromising, mm-hmm. you each say, I'm going to go my way. You go yours.
0: That's the, they taught me well. That's school. what men do. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I matured young. And, uh, I'm walking, uh, walking home, quote unquote. I don't, you know, who knows if I was going the right way or not, but. You were not. I was not? No, the boys were right. Oh. They had, in
1: their defense, they had lived there their whole lives. You had only lived there for about five months.
0: (laughs) I was already a master. (laughs) Uh, and a, uh, a local policeman saw a six year old walking down the street. (laughs) And at the time, it was funny because I do remember finding, thinking it was weird that he came up to me. Oh, really? I was like, I'm going home. Yeah, what's wrong with you? Yeah, and he's like, do you know where you're going? And he uh, Don't shoot. Right. (laughs) (laughs) And it was a small town, so I guess he knew you guys. Yeah. Uh, And he picked me up and dropped me off at home. Yeah, he attended our church.
1: And so when he asked you, what were you doing? I think he had seen you in church before. Gotcha. And he was like, are you okay? What's up? I'm just walking home. Well, how about a ride? Yeah. And you being the... A uh, guy who likes comfort over exertion, even in those <laughs> yeah. days, said, I'll take a ride.
0: Yeah, I'll sit in the back of a cop car for <laughs> if I don't have to walk. <laughs> um, but that's the story. I arrived home safely. So did my buddies. Uh, and it was my first, probably my first excursion alone, my first adventure. And to
1: show our parenting flaws, we did not notice you had walked off because you did not. You were outside playing with these buddies. They were mm. neighbors. Next thing we know, you're being brought home by a cop. (laughs) So uh, we were shocked that you and him decided, you and these guys decided to take a walk without letting us know Hmm. that you were leaving the the property. (laughs) So it was a little bit of a parenting oops
0: uh, for us as well. I don't. It all turned out all right. It did. Yeah. I'm still here. You are. and. I think I'm about the same as I would have been if I didn't go on that weird trip. Except I'd <laughs> have one less story for this podcast. So That's true. Yeah. So <clears throat> you you walked all over Deer Lodge. Walked all over Deer Lodge. At six I only there. have two real stories. The other one I'll tell briefly because it's very short was Tim letting me steer the, his dirt bike. Hmm. Uh, he uh, had a dirt bike. At the time, in my head, he's like 20 when this is because I was, you know, I was six. <laughs> but he must have only been, what? Uh, is he eight years older than you? So he's yeah, 14. Yeah, 14. And so uh, he rides dirt bikes, and there's this little field. Uh, this memory is in a vacuum, so I have no idea where this is in Deer Lodge. But uh, he's riding his dirt bike along this field. And so uh, I probably asked, and he said, well, you know, hop up. And he has me in front of him, and I am and I have my hand on the mm-hmm. the, the steering bars. And uh, so we're riding, and we're beelining it towards this porch. And he says, you know, you have to turn. And I just I just don't. <laughs> and so we smash into this person's front porch, or back porch probably, and uh, break a few of their plants. And uh, I was wearing a helmet. He put his helmet on me. I, or mm-hmm. maybe he had two. I don't quite remember. No, he would not uh, have had two. Okay. So, yeah, he put it on me. And uh, and these people came out and were very angry that we had broken their plants. And, uh, and I, that's where the memory ends. So, so, obviously, we got out of there somehow. I imagine he just picked me up and walked the bike out of there. But that's the only other sequential memory I have from, from Montana. Montana. Yeah. Well, it's
1: interesting. You mentioned the school you went to mm. and our church, was the school was between the church and our house. And it wasn't uncommon for me to walk home for lunch or oh, okay. whatever. So one particular morning I went hunting in the morning and because the mountains were right there, I could leave the house at five, go hunt for a few hours, be at my desk at nine and then walk home for lunch. So this sounds I,
0: like pretty manly.
1: Oh yeah, uh, that's me.
0: And <laughs> I'm, I'm really impressed.
1: And so I hunt in the morning, uh-huh. and it's lunchtime, and I want to go home and grab lunch. Why don't you I, just go into the mountains and get your lunch? Well, I did, I wasn't that good of a hunter. <laughs> so um, I'm walking past your elementary school. Mm. School's in. Kids are in there, and I got my thirty out six over my shoulder, <laughs> and I'm walking right past the school, and I thought. This has to be the only place in the world where you can walk with a right. with a weapon right in front of an elementary school, and nobody thinks a thing about
0: it. It used to be that way here actually I guess in in Tumwater when it was a farming town uh, we've been told that back in you know the eighties the uh, kids would would drive in you know kids graduating seniors mm-hmm. or people who could drive would have their trucks in the school with their shotguns on the rack in the back and yeah. they'd go from there to go hunt and yeah. after school and go home that wouldn't fly the good old days the g- <laughs> right <laughs> the golden age yeah all right so get us started on this conversation yeah. today okay so um i have have had a big um emphasis on myself on the the freedom of a of an individual right mm. if you want to go do something go do it to an extent i wouldn't call myself like a libertarian where that's the ultimate freedom mm. but i put a lot of importance on it and so uh, a lot of these you know uh, a person who says, "Well, I am just gonna. I can go to a bar and and drink with my buddies, or you know, I can go to a um, a metal concert, if, even if they have you know rated R, r movie, satanic lyrics. Yeah, you, you can do whatever sex you in want. the movie as long as it doesn't like with our other conversation. As long as you don't feel that it's wrong for you, go for it. But then in the writings of of Paul, which I feel like is most of what we talk about here, uh, he says that that is um, not wrong, but that is. Uh, not becoming of of uh, of a mature a spiritually mature Christian he uses these words mature and immature hmm. or um, strong and and weak, maybe as as he said weak, uh, but that the actual the uh immature in their faith kind of put more boundaries on themselves to protect themselves, and it 's wise, and the mature who don't necessarily need those boundaries to abstain from sinning or to to walk closely with God should honor those boundaries. Um, to protect and 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 not cause any problems with within the church and with those other people. Mm-hmm. So that's that's the big idea. Okay,
1: so let's dive into a couple of the passages you're referring to. I think, yeah, please. So uh, Romans chapter fourteen, mm-hmm. um, Paul says, accept someone whose faith is weak. There we go with the weak and strong, yeah. without quarreling with them over details. So he says there, some people uh, eat only vegetables. Mm-hmm. Um, this is because a lot of the meat was that you would buy in the market had been sacrificed to a false god. And so some Christians said, we're not eating meat because it could have been sacrificed. They don't know for sure, but it could have been sacrificed sure. to an idol. Other Christians said, hey, man, I'm, I'm a carnivore. Give me the ribeye. <laughs> sure. And so they're eating meat and saying, I give thanks to God for it. I'm not worried mm-hmm. about what somebody else had done with this meat if they had worshiped a false god with it. I'm giving thanks to God for it. I'm eating it. Mm -hmm. And so that was one of the debates. And and he said, if you have strong faith and you permit yourself to eat eat meat, don't uh, judge or look down on those whose faith is weak, who eat only vegetables. This is really interesting to me. And he says, who are you to judge another man's servant by his own mastery stands or falls and he'll stand for the Lord's able to make him stand. Then he says, some people consider uh, some days more sacred than others, i.e. Sabbath days, Mm -hmm. special worship days. And other people consider all days alike. Like, I serve God 24-7, 365, every day is the same. And other people would, no, 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 some days are extra sacred. And so uh, he says, whoever regards one day as special does so to the Lord. Whoever eats meat does so to the Lord, uh, for they give thanks to God. Whoever abstains does so to the Lord and give thanks to God. For none of us lives, this is the part that's conversation. Mm -hmm. None of us lives for ourselves alone. And none of us dies for ourselves alone. If we live, we live for the Lord. And if we die, we die for the Lord. So whether we live or die, we
0: belong to the Lord. Yeah. And then the the Romans one. Do you want to talk about this one first? Well, that is the Romans one. Oh, sorry. The, the, the first Corinthians one was the other one. Yeah.
1: So um, let me find. Go ahead and start talking about this one and yeah. I'll find the first Corinthians.
0: One. So really our distinction, uh, which we probably touched on in the very beginning, was Um, The entertainment one was was about your private life, and this is about your public life, and it's about um, the effect that you have just by merely existing, but the the communication that, you know, humans are always communicating non-verbally, what that is publicly, um, and making sure that that's life-giving, even though you're within your freedoms to do things, so um, I, personally, go to bars, I can... I feel like I can. Say what that on the spot. I know, I can. Say that. <laughs> it's crazy. Uh, not very regular. I didn't raise you like that, boy. I know. Well, Lindsay doesn't necessarily like to. She we don't drink a ton already, so it's more like a, a buddy's in town. We'll go, you know, mm-hmm. get a drink. Um, mostly, as they serve as a third space, the same way a coffee shop does, because they're open so late. So, if like you know, um, someone's in town till nine o'clock, that's later than most coffee shops are open. Maybe sure. not Starbucks, but. That's the way I, I um use them, you don't have but. to explain it. You have the freedom. No, that's right, the point. Right. I have the freedom to go to a bar if I want to. Right. I'm, yeah. But but there is these lines and there's things uh a lot of maybe in this especially in this region, the Pacific Northwest, that's not as big a deal, even to Christians, you know. Um but there's a lot of cultures where that's a big, a big no, deal. In no, the man. South
1: and in, mm. in particular in the South. And um so I am ordained in a Um, It's not technically a denomination. It is a cooperative fellowship.
0: I didn't know that. I thought it was a denomination. People refer to it as a
1: denomination. Um, And so um, if you are to get credentials in our network of churches Mm -hmm. on the application now, there is a question that says, um, do you agree to abstain from uh, sinful behaviors such as, and it gives a list, Hmm. uh, use of alcohol or tobacco? Oh. So the stance of our particular network of churches is that alcohol is forbidden.
0: Well, man, Catholics already are not having fun with that one. <laughs> a lot of the, like like Jared Tolkien smoked a pipe, yeah. you know, yeah. every day. And they drink wine. Yeah. Martin Luther yeah. brewed his own beer. Oh, well, he's German. He has to, basically.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, these are cultural questions. And the question would be, is it? Uh, is, is it okay for a Christian to have uh, a beer, drink alcohol, Mm -hmm. go to a bar, hang out with their friends at a bar? Um, you know, in the fifties, there's no church in America except the Catholics that would have said yes to that.
0: Oh yeah. Uh, well, that's one thing I wanted to talk about. So, um, a lot of these are cultural, not necessarily biblical. mm -hmm. And so, uh, yeah, in the assemblies of God, um, Fellowship, what was it? Cooperative fellowship. Mm-hmm. Uh, you still aren't allowed to dance, right? Like at Northwest, no. which is a, uh, assemblies of got school. Yeah. There was still a no dancing policy. Yeah, um, and there's nothing you can find front to back in the Bible that'll say that. So, how, <laughs> do you still? <laughs> would you say like like uh, Dungeons and Dragons is big? That was you know a huge scare in the probably the 80s and 90s. Well, you, you,
1: um, I've not played D &D. and D the argument in those days was that you actually consult your spirit guides to help you in the game Hmm. and that spirit guides is a absolute no, no.
0: Well, now there are, you know, young adult, uh, uh, small groups that play D and D as like a, as like a fellowship thing. Yeah. So is there, would you make a distinction between cultural and biblical? Of course. Yeah.
1: Yes. And, um, I think. I think uh, I think of the term missiological. Hmm. Uh, There are missiological reasons to understand your culture because my purpose is to influence others for Christ. So I want to understand their culture and do that appropriately. So um, if I was a pastor in Montana, Mm -hmm. I would drive a pickup truck. Oh, Um, I worship music would be whatever is culturally the style there. Sure. You know, that's incarnating the gospel to the culture. But when it comes to your freedoms,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: I think the general idea of the New Testament, it is, it was for freedom that Christ set us free, like you are free. So then the question becomes, are there limitations to my freedoms? And should I withhold, abstain from things I'm
0: absolutely free to do for the sake of someone whose faith is weak? Right. And so my question there is, should it matter if the the weaker ones guidelines or, or walls are cultural or biblical? So, like, say it's a dancing thing. Should I abstain from dancing, even though I believe I've believe i seen you dance? I think you should abstain. from you've dancing. You've never seen me dance because <laughs> I don't dance, but not for any spiritual reason. Uh, but should it should that matter to me at all or should I just respect the guidelines either way? What do you think? Well, that's why I'm asking you. I don't. I. It's it's tough for me to. Um, I'm inherently stubborn, as I think a lot of people are. So it's hard for me to be to subject myself to that. Yeah, to something that I don't uh, that yeah. I have no convictions for. Mm-hmm. And so that would be an exercise in um, in dying to myself and letting go of pride a little bit. Yeah. And then, in fact, the opposite is true. in my rebellious nature at Northwest, I might have been closer to dancing. Because they told me I couldn't and I never did, but it's so one of my jokes in the,
1: in the, you know, churches that don't believe in dancing mm-hmm. is this is why married couples in that church cannot make love standing up because it could lead to dancing. Uh, <laughs> You've told that joke on stage before. I have uh nuts to your mother's dismay, but that's how I, I hate legalism and mm-hmm. I hate religiosity. Yeah. So I hate anything that smells like rules to make you feel more spiritual while you're absolutely mean to somebody else or judgmental. So we'll have some principles that pile on into this conversation. And right off the bat, Paul says, who are you to judge another man's servant? So if you dance and somebody says dancing's wrong, God would say to them, who are you to judge him? Hmm. Because I'm his master and to his own master, he'll stand or fall. And he's able to stand because I'll make him stand. So the rule number one is it's not our business to judge each other. Sure. That's, so
0: that's a guiding principle. Right. So on the other end of that, if you are the one with these guidelines and someone else is, is, um, uh, trespassing on, on your personal boundaries, not, not in that way, not like a physical boundary, but if they're, if they're dancing and you were to say that that's not becoming of a Christian, mm-hmm. you should look, you should, uh, What's the term? Observe that in yourself to kind of break that apart.
1: Yeah, you can pray for them. Like if you genuinely think, man, this is bad for their faith, they're they're walking in a danger zone. Then you can pray that God would protect them. You can pray that they would uh, have a personal conviction that it would arise, but you should not judge mm-hmm. them and you should not confront them uh, and say your behavior is wrong. Sure. It's interesting. Uh, so let's go through the, Paul, the Romans passage, which says, Some people view it this way. Some people view it that way. Don't judge each other. That's really the point there because you're not living to yourself alone. Mm -hmm. Your relationship with God is not just between you and God. You're part of the body of Christ and you have an obligation to the body of Christ to be constructive rather than destructive.
0: Yeah. So then on the, um, the more, the, the part of that equation, that's the more liberal quote unquote Christian, Mm -hmm. um, do they have a responsibility then to, like like Paul says, to adhere to others' um, rules about that? Or should they say, don't judge me and just kind of do what they're going to do? Yeah.
1: I think mm-hmm. that Paul points out that the one who has rules is weaker in their faith. Mm-hmm. And the one who has freedom is stronger in their faith. Okay. Mm-hmm. Would you agree? That's what Yeah, That's, that's, what, he, says. that's what he's saying, yeah. So um, who should look out for the other? Should the weak look out for the strong or should the strong look out for the weak?
0: The latter.
1: Right. So the strong has an oughtness, uh, an obligation to consider the weakness of the weak. To do what? To judge them, to say you're stupid, to say I'm free. Uh, No, to be patient with them Mm -hmm. and to help them grow. So my pet peeve in this conversation comes down to the alcohol question. Okay, our denomination put out a white paper listing two hundred scriptures that uh, teach abstinence from alcohol. This wow. is this is back in the eighties. Okay? okay, maybe the nineties. And I read all two hundred. I wanted to see. I wanted. Hey, build the case. I, I'm open. Sure. And not one of those verses teaches abstinence from alcohol. Hmm. They all teach warnings of drunkenness.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: They teach the dangers of alcohol the risks of alcohol. Right. Um, But there is no abstinence passage of scripture that says Christians shall not drink alcohol. Paul tells Timothy to take a little wine for his stomach. In that era, clean water was hard to find. And sometimes wine was the safest thing a person could drink. Right. So there is a contextual thing there, a historical part. It's not as simple as, hey, drink a little wine, buddy. Jesus said, uh, John the Baptist didn't drink and you accused him. Of being, you know, <laughs> right. this bonehead. I drank and you accuse me of being a drunkard. Mm-hmm. So Jesus drank and no, it wasn't grape juice. That was really good. It was <laughs> wine. <clears throat> it kills me how people will yeah. resort to irrational uh, thinking to justify their argument. Yeah. Clearly Jesus dro- drank alcoholic wine. Clearly the wine he pr- he turned in, the water he turned into wine at the wedding was, in fact, alcoholic. The wine taster said, whoa, this is the good stuff. So uh, there's no reason for us to play around games with this. The scriptures warn aggressively of the Mm -hmm. dangers of alcohol. We know in our culture the dangers of alcohol. But does a Christian have to be abstinent?
0: I would argue that the Bible doesn't teach that. So then uh, to bring it back into our current cultural thing, because now— uh, modern day and in our uh geographical spot drinking is more or less um not drunkenness per se but drinking is more or less okay so now uh you know uh weed is legal mm-hmm. you know that's a legal mm-hmm. thing mm-hmm. uh and it's not necessarily touched on in the bible aside from the drunkenness you know the idea of sobriety versus foolish right. drunkenness right so say you know a christian uh you know man thinks that he is within his uh uh, he's still righteous if he smokes weed every now and again. Mm-hmm. You know, what do you condemn that? Do you, <laughs> you know what, or do you do like you said earlier? Do you just, you know, you pray for him if you feel like you should, but you just leave him be. Um. Yeah. So um, th- this is, you know, again,
1: let's, let's insert here the Corinthians passage. Okay. Because it's pertinent to this conversation. Paul quotes them as arguing Um, they, they, in fact, this part's in quotes, all things are permissible for me. Right. End quote. So that's a quote. I'm free. I can do anything. So he's not saying that he's (laughs) quoting, he's quoting the Corinthians saying that. Yeah. The Corinthians are saying, Hey, I can do anything. Right. He says, yes, but not all things are beneficial. Then he says, I can do anything. Then he says, yes, but you should not be mastered by anything. Hmm. So these are some two questions that you would ask. Is this beneficial? Like I ask people who uh, want to drink and my, my complaint about drinking is not that Mm -hmm. drinking is sin. My complaint about drinking is when somebody, a Christian, a whose faith is strong, sure has a weak brother or sister who says you shouldn't drink. I watch spiritually mature people want to go to blows over this. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, if this alcohol means so much to you that you can't say no to it on behalf of a Christian friend, then it means too much to
0: you. Sure. I think there it's but for me to speak of myself in that situation, it would be the pride. It wouldn't be the drink. It would be, um, you're not the boss of me. Right. Exactly. (laughs) That's exactly what it would be. Right. And don't tell me what I can and can't do, which makes you put you
1: right back in the immature chair.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, uh, so is it beneficial? Is it profitable? And is it mastering? Does it master me? And so I would say when a guy says, I don't, I don't quit drinking for anybody then you're mastered by it. Sure. Right. And, um, so I think those are, so, so far our principles are, what was the first one? We There's said? no judging, right? Oh, that's right. Or, or uh, don't
0: worry about it. basically.
1: Yeah. Though the, the, the strong should not judge the weak mm-hmm. and the weak should not judge the strong. So don't judge each other. Secondly, though, you're free to do this, but is it beneficial? Third, you're free to do this. Does it master you? Right. Mm hmm. And then four, does it does it wound another believer? Paul will go on to say, uh, I will skip meat for the rest of my life if it helps a weaker believer grow in Christ. Yeah. That's the posture of the strong. If you're really mature in your faith, you're yeah. willing to sacrifice something for the sake of others. So I think that's the, so then when you get to weed, you say, well, this is legal now. This was an aha for me. I was talking to one of my mentors mm-hmm. and I don't know why this came up. But God created everything, and he said, it is good. Mm -hmm. Weed was one of those creations. It is good. Same as aloe, I imagine. So you would say... (laughs) (laughs) Aloe is very good. It is. (laughs) Uh, You would say there is no substance that is bad. Sure. There is only the abuse of substances. So uh, every substance... Now, some are chemically created. Right, no, no naturally found substance. No natural substance is bad. It is abused, it is mistreated, it is used for certain purposes. So I would say, if you're using weed for a rec- recreational escape, for example, one drink does not intoxicate you. Mm-hmm. You're not leaving reality with one drink.
0: Right, but it'd be hard to do that with with.
1: I've never weed. done weed, but I'm told that it imagine. has a mind-altering
0: reality immediately sure so there there wouldn't really be a way to partake without entering a state of drunkenness right and and why so the the, what makes it
1: right or wrong for a believer often is the question why Mm -hmm. and so if you are participating in alcohol or drugs of some sort this would be true of even your sexuality if you're escaping if you're running from if you're um yeah, medicating,
0: mm-hmm.
1: then, um, then, then that is not beneficial, and that is not having mastery over that.
0: Sure, that makes a lot of sense.
1: Yeah, I, I'm. I, I want to. Uh, I'm trying to hear in, in my head the argument
0: of the yeah buts, <clears throat> right? Sure. So, um, so I could uh, a yeah but would be the um, uh, the creative properties of it. I've heard people. People mm-hmm. defend that, mm-hmm. you know, what if I, uh, this one I haven't really heard, but people say that they, they can create better art in a disintoxicated state. And, uh, you know, what if it's like a person writing worship music while high and they say, you know, this is, I'm getting, yeah,
1: it, I would kind of struggle with that. I'm, yeah. I'm an old guy, but I would, no, I, I would I mean, struggle, struggle with, that. with that. Yeah. So I want to get, I want to be true to the question you were asking as we started this whole conversation. Cause as you and I talked about, what do we want to do on this episode? Mm-hmm. You said, I really want to talk about this. I want to talk about public behaviors and freedoms of a Christian and what are the boundaries or rules
0: for behaving? Yeah. How about this? We'll get, we'll, we'll get back to it. And I have one more big question for you right after this commercial break.
1: All right. So, uh, Hey, we just want to say to you, our listeners, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this podcast. I think we're at episode. What is this? 25 or 26? Uh, this is, I think it's 25. 25. Uh, whatever this is, you'll see it on the label. Yeah, it'll be there. <laughs> either, it's
0: past. It's it's higher than 25, I think. So okay. either way, we 26 are, or 27, we we're you know, at a, a yeah. quarter quarter hundred. There you go. That's the
1: time. Uh, yeah, we've just hit 1,700 downloads. Um, hey, we're grateful.
0: Very, very, very I, grateful. I love
1: having these conversations with you, John. And we're grateful that anybody would listen in. And we're hopeful that it is helpful. So uh, we just want to say thank you. That's our commercial today. Thank you for listening. We would ask for you to subscribe. We would ask for you to leave a comment. Send us an email. Uh, check us out on Instagram, which is Jim and John.
0: Jim and John, yeah. On Instagram. On Instagram.
1: Yep. Uh, check us out there. Maybe check out our blogs and our website at jimandjohn.com. dot And yeah. there's no H in the
0: John. If you're on a uh Month break or something, you got nothing better to do. <laughs> Go to yeah, Jim and dot com, no, uh, H and John and spell out A and D. So it's J M A N D J O N. Yeah,
1: and I have one particular ask I would like to add today in our commercial. Sure. I have some friends, you know, they listen and say, Man, I really like the podcast, really like it, really like it. And I tell them all the same thing, and now I want to tell all of our listeners this. We're not looking for affirmation, we're looking for ways to grow our listenership and to create a product that's really helpful. Mm-hmm. So would you send us a piece of feedback? Would you consider sending us a comment or a piece of advice or here's something you could do to make this a little bit better, a subject you'd like to hear us discuss, something that would just even critical
0: feedback so that we could continue to hone our craft? Absolutely. One brief footnote. Uh, It has come to our attention from uh, listeners and uh, that the audio quality has been uh, very up tricky and down. yes so uh, we've we believe we figured it out hopefully it's been apparent before you even get to this <laughs> point because uh, on our end this sounds really good so uh, we really appreciate you guys sticking through that and it uh, should be smooth sailing from here on out on the audio yeah later. trying to get the auto figured out so that
1: we both sound like Luther Vandross
0: yes yes and neither of us uh, or this, even uh, Darth Vader what's that guy's name James, uh, Earl, James Jones. Earl Jones or I would if I could choose anybody it'd be uh, Keith David Who's Keith David? He's a voice actor, uh, and he was in, really, I know him from a video game, but he's been a voice actor in everything, and he's in The Community for a season. He's in uh, uh, this movie called They Live by John Carpenter. Hmm. He's got an an incredible voice. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So I'd pick him or a uh, uh, John Lee Hooker. He's got a great voice. Well, you have a good voice,
1: John. You, I know you have a face made for radio, but you actually have a voice. <laughs> I have uh, a whole body made for radio. <laughs> <laughs> All
0: right, let's get back to our subject yeah, matter. Yeah, yeah. Give me your your question. So my question, uh, kind of back to the original. Uh, so there, you're totally right that Paul does say um, it's not exactly your. Not that it's not your business, but that that um, the mature don't judge the immature. The, mm-hmm. And and vice versa. My question is that later he does say uh, that your job is to judge your brothers in Christ. Yeah. So not not the people outside of Christ. That's not that's not anybody's job except uh-huh. for God. Uh-huh. Uh, but it is your responsibility to hold people accountable. So is there a type of metric you use to say, hey, at this point, it is my job, my as their brother, my duty to confront them about this or, or to, to show them mm-hmm. this blind spot?
1: Well, ironically, what comes to my mind is mm-hmm.
0: confronting the weak, hmm.
1: and here's why. Um, early in the church, there was a debate about circumcision. When the Gentiles started coming to faith, right. there's a group that later on in the New Testament get referred to as the circumcision group, <laughs> <laughs> and these guys believed that the Gentiles absolutely uh-huh. are adopted into God's family through the sacrifice of Jesus, and they must be circumcised. Immediately. Yes, With a butter knife. Uh no, they that they should be circumcised. And Uh um and they insisted on it. And this for this, Paul said uh to the circumcision group. Now they are weaker Mm -hmm. in faith, they're saying, Hey, we gotta play by the law. Right. Right. This was so important because people were trusting in circumcision for their salvation. Not in the work of Jesus. So to to the point where they would say, if you're not circumcised, you are not saved. Absolutely. So Paul got so mad at him. He said, I hope the knife slips and you go ahead and emasculate yourself. (laughs) Uh, He is so mad about this. And he says, in fact, that if you trust in circumcision, if you, in fact, if he says, if you are uncircumcised and you go get circumcised, Christ is of no use to you. Wow. Because you are trusting in your
0: works,
1: not in the work of Jesus. So in cases like that, you want to really... Uh, push each other the bible says that we provoke one another to loving good deeds and the word provoke means to jab with a sharp stick right and there are times when we need to jab each other with a sharp stick and say hey man you're missing this by 100 miles and it's affecting your walk with jesus this is a
0: faith issue and this needs to be discussed so that is uh that's high high stakes and i'm saying that yeah. this and it's not a cork i'm saying that i don't like that you drink it's that if you drink, you are not saved anymore. Yeah. If it ever gets to a point like that, yeah. Now I have to admit, I am wrestling
1: with this personally because I am convinced a that alcohol mm-hmm. is not prohibited in the scriptures, uh, just like debt is not prohibited in the scriptures. But debt sure. is profoundly warned against; like debt is a is a dangerous thing, mm-hmm. and alcohol is presented as a dangerous thing. So I think it should be, uh, but I but in no way do I think that the Bible prohibits the use of alcohol.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: However, I have a lot of younger Christian friends, IE ministers who seem to have a strong affection for alcohol. Sure. And for their right to drink it. Yeah. And I was in a group of them not long ago and they're hauling in to this event. Booze after boot one, you know, coming in with uh, stacks of margarita mix and bottles Mm. of tequila and different beers and it seemed like drinking was a really big deal. Like, this is a lot of fun. Sure. <laughs> and so I was challenged even in my own thought of, hmm, I don't think there's anything wrong with drinking. But they that... seem to enjoy this a lot more <laughs> than, than makes me comfortable. Sure. And I wondered if there were anyone in the house, because they weren't all ministers, mm-hmm. is there anyone in this party
0: who might be – uh offended by this. right adversely affected yeah in some way that's that's another layer right because that's ministers and not that not that it's necessarily that much different but it's you should be held to a, a higher standard um yeah
1: some would argue that and uh what's okay for others is not okay for a, a leader or a mm-hmm. pastor um you know but i i think that um the thing that concerns me is I'm I'm even hearing young ministers who are choosing their denominational affiliation mm-hmm. based on whether they're allowed to drink or not.
0: Gotcha. That's and, a, we're losing ministers in our network because they because they, they want to drink. drink. And that that would imply just just off the top of my head, that implies that they are valuing that pretty highly right. pretty highly. Yeah. If that's the deciding factor. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So and yeah. So, again, I don't have any idea if I'm right. There are I'm increasingly aware of how old a man I am, and I'm increasingly aware of how conservative I can be on certain matters. I'm very liberal on other matters. Mm-hmm. Um, when it comes to um, managing your sin impulse, when it comes to stewarding your body, uh, I'm, I'm finding myself drawn to uh, higher levels of focus and purity, and, um, yeah, I love beer. Okay. Let's just confess this. I love beer. I had my first beer when I was about eight and <laughs> <laughs> speaking of going to and bars, never went back. I, I would go to bars with my dad. We would go, my brother and I and my dad, we would go to this country Western bar uh-huh. and play shuffleboard and drink beer. My dad ordered me my first beer at a bar when I was 10 or 11. And in Texas in those days, they would actually give me one if my dad was with me. Wow. And um I like beer. I don't drink it and I choose uh abstinence. Yeah. Because the it just seems like there's sideways energy
0: attached. Sure. sure.
1: So I don't criticize people who drink and I don't have any judgment about that.
0: I'll I'll throw out my takeaway is it seems like the big idea here is that it shouldn't mean hardly anything to you anyways. So you told the story actually on, on a podcast probably about a month ago about a guy, well maybe, you know, maybe it wasn't, but a guy who was in a bowling alley, mm. right? And he, uh, it might've been in the entertainment one actually, but he said that he felt like God was saying, leave right now and never come back, never go to another bowling alley. Again. Right. And, uh, and at the time, cause I don't like bowling. I was like, yeah, big deal. <laughs> and then, and then I was thinking about it. And I was like, what if God said, you know, hey, I don't want you to go to a movie theater ever again. Mm-hmm. That would, that would be, that would oh, wrestle with that. Movies, yeah. I love them. And I love going to the movies in oh, particular. Oh, it's such a good experience. Yeah. So, um, really I think that the big key that I'm taking away here is the, the mastery is that it really shouldn't, it definitely shouldn't be a decision maker for you with a denomination. And it probably shouldn't be a big enough deal to go to, to fight over, um, that you should just hold it with a loose hand, like most things. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that if you really, if you really feel like you're doing that truly to yourself, you know, you know that, Mm -hmm. uh, then you're probably not, you're probably not messing up. I I think that's a pretty good, a pretty good rule of thumb, you know,
1: however, you're talking about being mastered by something and you're looking at that gauge, how much it means to you. That's really the question we were asking with game of thrones. Yeah, and that's uh the condition of your own soul. Like,
0: true. Does it affect
1: that, me to take in this kind of entertainment with my eyes? Does it affect me for movies to take my heart to a certain place? Does it affect me to drink alcohol? These are these are personal. Do they affect me? Really, what we're talking about right, here the is the impact of that. Yeah. And so the question I would really have my takeaway is: Do I love my brother more than I love my Budweiser? <laughs> that's and a <laughs> that's a tweet. <laughs> And uh, the answer has got to be yes. Yeah. That I love the Lord and I love my brother. And and it doesn't mean I'll stop drinking, maybe. It means I won't drink in front of him.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. It means I'll use caution um, about when and where I might do that. And uh, it means that I will value people Mm -hmm. more than I value my own entertainment or pleasure.
0: Or freedom. Or freedom. Yeah. That's huge. Yeah.
1: All right. Hey, this is a controversial conversation. I'm not certain at all that I've got the corner on getting this right. So we would love your feedback, your comments.
0: Um, man, let us yeah. have it. Any, Yeah. <laughs> we want this to be a kind of dialogue. So I, I understand we're, we're talking at you. Mm-hmm. And if you would like to talk back at us. Please do. Please do. We, were, we, we beg you. Yeah. That is, uh, you can email us. It's probably the best way to do that at info at jimandjohn.com. Uh, or uh, comment on our Instagram post if you're on Instagram. That's another great way to do it. And uh, and yeah, we we really really love to hear from you. Yeah. So thanks for listening. Have a great day.